The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily express those held by this station or its advertisers and are strictly the opinions held by those contributing to the show. Welcome to the Eric Little High School Football Podcast, your home for news, discussion, and opinions about high school football in the Mid-Ohio Valley. And now, here's your host, Eric Little. Welcome to another edition of the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. Once again, I am the namesake. Well, thank you for joining us this week, and we thank you for making us a part of your high school football routine, whether you listen to us on the way to work or on the way to school or whatever you do. We thank you for consuming this show and making it a part of your life in some way, shape, or form. Big, big week in high school football last week. We learned a lot about the teams that play in this area, and I think that's kind of how I gauge high school football weeks. What did we learn that we might not have already known about some of the teams in the area. And I think we learned a lot about Ritchie County this week. They had a big comeback win, 24-21 over St. Mary's on Thursday, and that got a huge monkey off Ritchie's back. The Rebels had not won against St. Mary's since 2011, and they hadn't won in St. Mary's since 2000. That's Kenny Wright's last season on the Ritchie County sidelines. It has been a while since Ritchie County defeated St. Mary's in St. Mary's, or it had been at least until Thursday. I think it's a big win for that because I don't know if it's tantamount to St. Mary's beating Williamstown for the first time after a while a few years ago, but I feel like it got a monkey off of Ritchie County's back and probably did check something off of their list of things that they wanted to do and things that they wanted out of their program. And that happens regardless of the fact that St. Mary's record is what it is, and they're not the team that they have been in past years. But it's the fact that they hadn't done it in a while, and they hadn't in St. Mary's in almost 20 years. That's what makes that such a big win. You look at their schedule. This is the tough one, though, coming up for Ritchie County because they'll play Doddridge County. That came in at number three this week in the Metro News Power Rankings, falling one spot to a Williamstown team that I'll cover in just a few moments. But we'll see what Ritchie County is made of when they go up against some tougher opposition. But really a good start to the season at Ritchie County, and nice to see some optimism there into the latter stages of September. Meanwhile, St. Mary's, three tough losses to start the season, a couple losses to Class AA opponents. And in my opinion, they really needed to get one of those, too, if they wanted to make a run at the postseason this year because the schedule does not line up particularly in their favor the rest of the way. They've got Williamstown next week. Calhoun this week is going to be a get-back-on-track kind of game, but then again, Williamstown is very strong. They got them next week. They have a Ravenswood team that was wounded pretty badly this week, but I think is still pretty good. Plus, Tyler consolidated in a game that Tyler will probably need every bit as much, if not more, than St. Mary's. So I don't know. I just, I'm not sure if the wins are out there for St. Mary's if they want to go to the playoffs this year. And that's what's hard about high school football. Three, four weeks into the season, it's you really do know a enough about these teams to know whether or not they're at least in the hunt, and I'm just not sure what the St. Mary's is in the hunt this year. I really feel like if you're a St. Mary's fan, the phrase to adopt is two-year plan, because the talent that's there, or a large portion of it, is younger talent. And I know that's going to be frustrating for the parents of seniors to hear. That's frustrating for seniors to hear. I apologize for it, but it is what it is. The answers haven't been forthcoming for St. Mary's, and they need to find some answers on offense, and with some disciplinary issues as well. But for St. Mary's, it seems like the winning season may not be in their cards this year. We'll have to see how that plays out. Parkersburg South took care of business this week. They rolled to a 37-0 win over Princeton. Big night for Braden Mooney. He ran for a touchdown, intercepted a pass, and ran it back for a score, and then threw for one to Nick Yoho, who also ran for a touchdown himself. South also got Devin Gaines going. He reached the end zone. So the Patriots even that record at 2-2 two and two, as they have a tough matchup with John Marshall this week. Interesting how their schedule lines up because after this week they'll have five games in the book, then they have their bye week, and then five more. So it's almost like they have a first and second after their season. The matchup this week will be tough because John Marshall, from all accounts, is a big physical team. They run north and south on opponents, 
and they just are not going to match up well with South. South has better skill than they've had in a long time. They've had good athletes in a lot of those years at skill positions, but maybe not the best football players. They have good football players this year, meaning these are guys that have better football instincts. But it'll be a tough matchup for them with John Marshall this week. But I think the biggest thing for South has been something that happened in Week 1. That Ripley win is going to be huge because Ripley picked up a win against Marietta. And if you haven't noticed, the Vikings have been hot. They're off to a 3-1 and start as they've bounced back from that loss to South and bounced back pretty nicely. If they can continue to rack up wins... That's going to look good in the points for Parkersburg South with two wins, uh, and that may be what it takes to get a four or five win team into the playoffs. This is a South team that's finished in 17th and just percentage points out of the playoffs for the last couple of years with good teams that were decimated somewhat by injuries. The Patriots have, for the most part, stayed healthy in season. They had a lot of preseason injuries, and they have a lot of guys that walk the sidelines in street clothes every night, but of the guys that have been making contributions this season, they're only down a couple. John Kennard and Wyatt Linder were hurt against Athens. Remains to be seen when either of them will get back to play, if ever, this season. But they've stayed healthy with the people that have made it happen for them this year. There are wins out there still for Parkersburg South. Brook has struggled this year. Greenbrier East has struggled. But then the other four beyond that, Wheeling Park, PHS, Morgantown, and John Marshall, those are all toss-up games at best. At best, those are toss-up games. I think South needs to take care of business against Brook and Greenbrier East, and they very likely should do that. And then they need to pick off one, if not two, of that other group of four. Again, it's Morgantown, Wheeling Park, Parkersburg, and John Marshall. Not in that order at all in the schedule. That's just the order in which I recited them. But they need to pick off at least two of those four. And maybe one will do it, but definitely two should do it. And with that Ripley win and with the quality of whatever two wins those would be, six and four, we get the Patriots in. Uh, you'd like to preferably see them finish in the top 13 or 14 because if you finish too far beyond that, you're going to go get your lunch handed to you by Martinsburger Capital in Class AAA. But the playoffs still very much on the table for this Parkersburg South team. That's largely because of that win against Ripley. Ripley defeated Marietta this week in a game that I was intrigued by the second I saw that on the schedule. I thought that was such such a cool thing to see those two programs that have been very comparable and have had very similar trajectories in the last few years. A couple head coaches that haven't been there a long time and Jason Schaub at Marietta and Eddie Smolder at Ripley. But it is Ripley that steps up and picks away the 35-21 win. Ripley came away with 21 unanswered points in the second half. And Ripley threw the ball a little bit to do it. Cyrus Casto connected with Dalton Myers on a 79-yard touchdown strike to tie the game. And then Jeremy Harper's run gave Ripley the lead before R.J. Evans put the capper on Ripley's third win of the year. Marietta led that game 21-14 halfway through the third quarter. Not really sure what exactly went wrong for Marietta and why the wheels came off the wagon. But regardless, a big win for Ripley and in association with that, a big win for Parkersburg South. That Marietta team is going to go back into action after two straight losses. They'll play PHS next week. PHS just overcome by capital. Kerry Martin held in check 84 rushing yards on eight carries. He did throw two touchdowns, but also threw two picks. But big plays really killed PHS in this game. Looking forward later in the week to talking to Kerry Patrick and getting his take on this game. I thought this was one that PHS could have had. I wouldn't say it was one that was definitely, it was definitely not a gimme because it's a very good capital team. They were tested though, 35-22. Capital comes away with a win. And that's how conference games ought to be. Those conference games ought to be tough on the road. And Parkersburg, let's be honest, they've not always done that over the last several years. They've not always made Stadium Field as tough of a place to play as it was maybe in the late 90s, early 2000s. They're getting back to that as a program. And even though uh, they've not got the wins to show for this season. There are some good signs of this PHS club that a corner has been turned. 
So we'll see if they can bounce back with a win against Marietta and finish up their first half at 2-3. and three. Meanwhile, for Marietta, they're in very, very serious danger of losing three straight because this PHS team is just chomping at the bit to roll up a big win on somebody because they've had injury issues this year. They've had games that they could have won, should have won, but just got out of their hands late. And this is going to be a hungry PHS team that faces Marietta. Speaking of hungry Parkersburg teams, how about Parkersburg Catholic? That story continues. They're 4-0 now after a win over Wart County. They'll face Gilmer County next. And again, the schedule favors Parkersburg Catholic the rest of the way. One of the games I was looking at last week was Williamstown and Ravenswood, and this was one of the more surprising scores I saw come in as Williamstown absolutely throttled Ravenswood. 55-19, to they got out to a quick start, 14-0 lead after one, but then outscored Ravenswood 34-7 in the second quarter. Huge, huge win for the Yellow Jackets, and watch out for them because they are a dangerous team and people are starting to know about it. That was their third or four straight road games. They'll finish off that run of road games this week as they visit Buffalo, but they come home to play St. Mary's a week from Friday, and I don't think that's going to be pretty. They may invoke the mercy rule against St. Mary's and very likely will invoke the mercy rule. This is a Williamstown team that is very, very clearly number two in the state now. I was one of those, i got to admit, I voted for Doddridge County a couple weeks ago at number two in the Metro News Power Rankings, and there were a few in the state that kind of scoffed at that, some more notably than others, regardless of what their opinions are and, and whether or not they really matter for much of anything other than just to spout off at the mouth, but I really believed in this Doddridge County team, still do to be honest. I think Hunter America may be one of the best small school players the state's seen in some time, but it still remains to be seen what they can do when they're pressed and what they can do when they're tested a little bit. They're going to face a fairly difficult test in Ritchie County because that's a team that's on an upswing. They're a little bit resurgent. They haven't been tested the way Williamstown has been tested. Williamstown has faced what I think is a pretty good Marietta team in one, and they faced the best team in the state in Wheeling Central, and we're a few plays away from making a better game of that, but still, the pieces are there. The way Williamstown's played over the last three weeks, they're very clearly, in my opinion, the number two team, and Dobridge is the number three team in the state in Class A. And I reversed that vote this week when I voted in the Metro News Power Index. If you if you, if you haven't figured this out, I do have a vote in the Metro News Power Rankings. I don't talk about it a lot because I don't really feel like having people blow me up and, and ask me why I voted the way I did. I don't even remember how I voted half the time, to be quite honest. I write it on a scratch sheet of paper, I submit the form, and then I, I toss the scratch sheet of paper. I don't keep it from week to week. Maybe I should. I, I don't know. I just I just haven't. But either way, I usually don't broadcast the fact out there that I have a vote in this poll, but I will say this, that I did have Doddridge at two for a couple weeks, Williamstown at three, and I don't normally flip-flop teams that haven't lost and played a bye week. If they haven't played, I don't normally flip-flop them out of a spot and take them back. I will move them forward every once in a while, but I did this week because I really think Williamstown has played so strongly and they've played so well the last few weeks. They racked up 457 yards on what I think is a pretty good Ravenswood team when all said and done. Clearly not the best in the LKC. Clearly not a contender for the throne right now. But I think Ravenswood has a strong chance to be a playoff team by the time all is said and done. But still, Williamstown just dismantled that team, so watch out for the Yellow Jackets. Magnolia comes in off a 22-8 win over River. The Blue Eagles even their record at 2-2 two two on the season. River goes to 1-3. and three. Numbers and graduations really hurting the Pilots this year, but Magnolia back at 2-2, two and, two, and they got an intriguing matchup with Frontier. Frontier's 1-3. Russ Morris's squad having some growing pains. They fell to 4-0 Cameron, 40-14. Cameron becoming one of the better teams in Class A in West Virginia, but again, Frontier falling to Cameron this week. They'll have some Something to prove and not going to be an easy win for Magnolia, but one that I think they have a strong chance to do something with or something that I think they should be favored in. Quarterback Patrick Morandi goes, so goes that Magnolia Blue Eagles squad. Uh, one of the better athletes, one of the better arms in the area. 
I don't mention Peyton City a lot, but Peyton City is going to be playing a 100 team that comes in off a win. For the first time since 2011, 100 won at the varsity high school level. They went on the road Saturday and picked up a win over Hannon. And as a result of that, 100. They won for the first time since 2011 at the varsity level. I really got to hand it to 100. That's quite an accomplishment. I'm, I'm happy to hear about it. There have been a couple years out there where they had to cancel the season because they just didn't have the numbers. And I'm sure that leads to some folks that don't want to play them. And that makes it tough for them to find opponents. Hannon, also a small school, 0-3 this year. So they didn't go beat the high school equivalent of Alabama, if you would. They didn't go beat Wheeling Central. But those are kids that have worked hard just like any others, and now they know the sweet taste of victory and, and good for them. Tyler consolidated back in the win column. They'll face Wart County next week. Wart County lost to Parkersburg Catholic by 30 points. Tyler consolidated. Got in the winning column for the first time this year. 47-6 over Calhoun County. Ryan Walton's club has a strong chance to make it 2-2 two and two after this week. Stay connected with us on Facebook, like our page, the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. While you're there, answer our weekly poll question and feel free to share your comments or questions. Eric will get to those on a future edition of the show. Time to take a look at this week's poll question. It had to do with high school football attendance. The question read, have you attended a high school football game this year? Why or why not? I'm curious to know how this broke down by state and by county, but in just 17 votes, this is really one that surprised me. It didn't get a lot of votes. It was an easy yes or no answer. It didn't require you to out yourself, but either way, only 17 votes in this week's poll. 88% said yes, 12% said no. There are a lot of reasons not to go, and we're not here to judge you for whether or not you do or don't consume high school football in person. I think it's never been easier to do that and not actually go to games, and a lot of people just don't like going to games. It's the social aspect of it. A lot of people don't like going when the weather's bad. A lot of people would rather stay in on their Friday nights and wind down, and to be honest, it's late for some people to be out. Some people don't like being out until 9.30 or 10 o'clock, and and they still like their football just the same. They can consume that at home, listen on the radio, watch TV when that's available, and then turn the light out and go to bed when it's done. And that's just fine with them, and that's A-OK. But like I said, there are a lot of reasons not to go, and we haven't even gotten into the fact that there are more and more college football games on Friday night. They're good games, and they're not going away. This is something that's going to continue to be a trend that will stack up in future years. And the reason is because Thursday night college football is dying. There used to be a lot of good Thursday night games, and then the NFL killed that on Thursday. Thursday nights. You're starting to see less and less quality Thursday night college football games because of the NFL. So those are moving to Friday nights, it seems like. A lot of the games that previously may have been played on Thursday are going to Fridays because the NFL can't touch Friday. There's an antitrust exemption. Friday is the night that the courts have decided the NFL has to leave for high schools, but they didn't say anything when the college is encroaching on them. So colleges take those games. But that's just another reason for people to stay home on Friday nights. There's a lot of reasons to go. Maybe uh, you don't have a good team near you. Maybe you don't identify with the community that you're living in. Uh, maybe you can't see your alma mater or whatever. But either way, schools almost need to band together or the SSAC needs to make a more concerted effort to get fans to go somewhere for games. You know, it doesn't have to be our school or your school, but just a school to get people out to go see as many games as possible. High school football is better with people in the stands. The schools make more money off of it and they're able to put that money back into the kids and the student-athletes. If there was a czar of Mid-Ohio Valley High School football, that person is the one that ought to be looking to do a marketing effort, a hashtag, a television, a radio ad, something. But out the way, the schools need to make sure more people go to games somewhere. So, again, 88% of you said you have attended one this year, and good for you. Congratulations. But 12% of you said uh, you have not. Uh, the one bit of feedback we did get comes from Brian Darty, who says he goes to support his community and to get to know his neighbors, and because he loves football, all of those, Brian, are good reasons to go. Thank you 
for listening to the podcast, and thank you for responding to that. And again, there are a lot of good reasons to go, a lot of good reasons not to go. We're not judging you either way. It was just a question to see whether or not people are going to these things. I'm curious to know what people think sometimes and why they think it, and that's really all that this was rooted in. We'll have next week's poll here in just a few moments. Games of the week, of course, PHS takes on Marietta. Both of these teams badly need this one. PHS off to a 1-3 and three start to the year. Marietta off of back-to-back losses. We'll see how it shakes out, and I think it's going to tell us a lot about how the second halves of these respective seasons may go. Of course, PHS has some more excuses. They've been riddled with injuries, and Marietta is still building things back together, and, and it's been an onward and upward trend for them. They're really hoping to take that next step beyond 5-5, five and five, but with back-to-back wins early on, it's going to be tough for them this year. Magnolia takes on Frontier. Magnolia back to 2-2. Two and two. Frontier is not of the season I think they would have hoped to have had, but it's been a tough schedule and a very rugged one, too. Shenandoah on there, Cameron on there. Uh, we'll see if Frontier has anything for Magnolia. We'll see if Magnolia can build up their momentum. Ritchie County and Doddridge is a huge one. Hunter America leads Doddridge County. He was rested after a week off last week. Ritchie County has now won three this year after their win against St. Mary's last Thursday, and they had an extra day of rest and an extra day to prepare. So we'll see what they've got for the Doddridge County Bulldogs. This week's poll has to do with the playoffs. We are at week five of the high school football season. I think it's fair at this point or around this point to start looking forward to the playoffs, which teams have a strong shot, which teams look like shoe-ins, and which teams are absolutely out of it. You really can't say that too many are shoe-ins. You can say that a lot of teams have a good shot, but you can eliminate a couple teams. This week's poll has to do with the size of the playoff field. Is the playoff field the right size? Or should it change? And this is one that I wish I was able to do multiple choice answers because it's going to be a yes, it should change, no, it should stay the same, or something like that. That's going to be how that's worded. But there's a lot of nuance to this one. Maybe Class AAA should go to a smaller playoff field, only 16 teams, only 29 teams for 16 spots. That's more than half of AAA that's going to get in. Whereas you've got 40 Class A teams fighting for 16 spots. And granted, there are a lot more bottom dwellers in Class A than there are in Class AAA and AA somewhere in the middle. But you're never going to get three even classes number-wise. They try to do their best from a competitive balance standpoint, from a population standpoint, to bunch schools that are of similar size together. But it's still, it's an inexact science. And maybe it's one that needs to see a reduced playoff field for AAA. Or uh, do you expand it for Class A or AA? Or do you keep it the same size? across the board or shrink it across the board. Who knows? So this is one that hopefully you'll hit yes or no on and then maybe elaborate. I'm interested in some food for thought. I'm interested to hear some opinions on this. Again, this week's poll is the playoff field the right size or should it change? Our games this week on Light Rock 93R, St. Mary's takes on Calhoun on WXCR, Tyler Consolidated faces Ward County, and on V96-9, Parkersburg South hits the road for the second time this year to play John Marshall. Countdown to kickoff starts at 6 p.m. on all those stations. We'll have scoreboard Friday after the game on 93R and the V96-9 game. But again, St. Mary's, Calhoun on Light Rock 93R, Tyler Consolidated Ward County on WXCR, and Parkersburg South, John Marshall on V96-9. Don't forget, we're downloadable on iTunes every week. Rate us and review us. You can also listen to us on SoundCloud as well. My name is Eric Little. Thank you for joining us once again for another episode of the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. This has been the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and vote in our weekly poll. Come back next week for another new episode, and thanks for listening.